Welcome to What the F is Going On in Latin America and the Caribbean, Code Peak's weekly pro YouTube program of hot news out of the region. In partnership with Friends of Latin America, Massachusetts Peace Action, and Task Force on the Americas, we broadcast every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Pacific on Code Peak YouTube. On Sunday, March 13th, Colombians voted for a new Congress and also cast ballots in presidential primaries to choose party candidates for the May presidential contest. As opinion polls had indicated, leftist Senator Gustavo Petro emerged as the current leader in the race for the presidency. With nearly all votes counted, he won the primary for the historical pact, a coalition of left-wing parties with 80% of the more than 4.5 points, excuse me, 5.4 million votes cast in its primary. Team Colombia, a coalition of conservative groups, drew 3.9 million voters to its primary, which was won by Federico Gutierrez, a former mayor of Medellin, and was criticized some aspects of the 2016 peace deal with revolutionary armed forces of Colombia. A group of centrist parties known as the Hope Coalition got 2 million votes in its primary, which was won by mathematician Sergio Fajardo, who also ran in the 2018 presidential election. Joining us today from Colombia is physician, university uh, professor, writer, humanitarian worker, journalist, and I will say friend, uh, Victor Curia Lugo. Welcome, Victor. So happy to have you back with us. Some of our audience may recognize you from reporting on the National Paro with us last year. Thank you so much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be again talking to you after the National Strike, of course. And uh, the idea today is to share with you some of my impression, preliminary impressions about this uh, election that happened the last Sunday. Let's start saying like the, the most important is what the meaning of this election right now in Colombia. As you may know, Colombia had a peace process a few years ago. The current government uh, promised to destroy this peace process and they have success in this task. Uh, unfortunately, the killing of a former member of the guerrilla group who decided to, to sign the, 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 the agreement the lack of implementation, uh, the level of violence in Colombia has increased severely. For instance, the number of uh, IDPs, the internal displaced persons, the killing of uh, leaders of the civil society, uh, and in general, the uh, uh, poverty and the gap between the rich and the poor people is a big issue. In this context, uh, there has been the country during decades that especially the last years, that's why we started a, a big uh, confrontation in the strike in the streets uh, was the national strike who was impressive. Uh, if you compare with our own history in Colombia, it's not easy to remember uh, one day like that. You know, it was like months of mobilizations confronting the police forces, but the most important was how the society joined the protest, how the society was, just let me tell you, maybe you remember, no? Like, um, you know, sharing breads, uh, the coffee, uh, sharing, you know, all the, 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 the small issues that they have, you know, like putting together on the table to work together a better scenario, political scenario. Part of this 
political experience uh, has been reflected in the elections. We arrived to the election with a clear uh, positions. For one side, we have a, a Fico Gutierrez, Federico Gutierrez, who is a, the right-wing uh, leader, and a, a, is an spectrum of, of people who want to continue the same administration that the, the current president, uh, Ivan Duque. They have a clear agenda about neoliberalism, about the militarization, against the peace process and with a, no a single uh, feeling to talk about the communities. The dialogue between the state and the society is, uh, is practically useless uh, with this current government. In the, in the middle, in the, the, the so-called center that we have now to use the word center, by the way, is uh, some people who, politically has the same uh, structure. They represent the elites. They represent the new liberalism policy. They love privatization, but they use jeans and they have a long hair and they, you know, they are uh, like, like uh, let's say like um, hippies, uh, new age, um, 21 century. And mm -hmm. this kind of speech didn't work as they expected. It was the second, uh, let's say, the, the second block in the in the election. And the third one was uh, the uh, um, historical pact. In Spanish, will be pact historico. I will mention in Spanish. Uh, the pact historico uh, won. Uh, it was really amazing. And this is the first conclusion: uh, the people want to change the political uh, situation in Colombia. Most of the people vote in favor and the Pacto Historico was the, is the leading organization in the Senate as well as the, the Camera, means the, the Congress, the, the parliamentary power, the legislative power, uh, the, the most important uh, uh, political force in that moment is the Pacto Historico. Mm -hmm. Second one, we have also internal uh, uh, polls uh, within the different political parties, and one of them was the Puerto Historico, to decide who will be the candidate for the presidential election. And in this, uh, took part in the in the Pacto Historico five persons. Uh, the first one is Gustavo Petro, who won with uh, more than five millions. Let, let me later I will explain why I don't say a concrete number, and the. The big uh, success was uh, um, was done by Francia Marquez. Maybe you don't know who is Francia Marquez, but the Colombian knows. I, know. met her, I had met her several times, you know, in meetings about human rights, in meetings about ethnical issues. And in the national strike one year ago, by the way, I met her in, the, in Cali, the demonstrations. She didn't want to be a, a protagonist. She didn't want to be, you know, like the, in the, the to, to take advantage of the of the of the strike. She really respected the commitment of the young people, and and she was behind, but so respectful. And I remember that in that occasion, I say to Francia that she has three, four, four mistakes, four weakness. Let's say, I say your weakness are your uh, your. Uh, your bad side are your good side, let's say in this way. 
I hope you understand my ironical way to, to mention. No, no don't, don't judge me, please. I say, first of all, you are a woman. Yeah. And this is a clear uh, weakness in this country. Second one, you are a black woman. Third one, you are a poor black woman. And uh, fourth, you were born in a poor neighborhood. She's poor, um, sorry, and she was a grow up in the, not in the downtown, not in Bogota, not in the political center, but in the regions. Means she's from the region, poor, black, and woman. And she got- Which is why we love than, <laughs> uh, And she got more than 800,000 votes. It was amazing, really amazing. And you know that the, the, the media trying to create a confrontation between Petro, who wants the, he won the, the, the consultancy, the internal consultant, and, and, uh, and Francia were asking Francia what to do and if she will be the vice president uh, or something like that. And, and Francia said, no, I, I don't care. I can be a minister or vice president or nothing. It depends on what the people want. And my duty is not to get a, a, a job. My duty is to bring happiness to my people. It was really wonderful. Now, uh, it, was, it was really nice. Now, the, the first conclusion is the, the uh, break, the, you know, is the, the, the jump from the past and to vote for the Pact Historico. The second one, the huge uh, support during the election to the name of Francia Martin and what she represents. The third one is the, this kind of people that I mentioned before, the new age, UPs, hippies, uh, they really failed in the idea to present the new, the same government, but with the new packet. They really they couldn't, exactly, with new face. Yeah, that's correct, new that's face. correct. And the other thing is like uh, the sole, uh, some uh, candidates from the past, they try to repeat the experience and they fail dramatically, what is really good. Uh, but the most important point that I would like to share with the, with the audience and, and of course with you, Terry, is what happened in, days, in the last two days. Uh, we have like a, a registered list of, a, a special uh, documents to register the 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 ballot, the ballot, and the problem is that this register has been uh, modified in the legal way, and uh, this the report given by Gustavo Petro and by another member of the Senate is really a huge issue. They calculate that around. 26% of the ballot box has not reported a single vote in favor of the Pacto Historico. Oh. This is amazing. For instance, there was some reports of the, we have a special application form in paper called E14, and they have modify in order to be to delete the votes this is not a small issue 
it's a national scandal. You can follow the discussion in the in the social nets. But the most important is, first of all, that has been a systematical issue. It's not an isolated case. It's not that someone make a mistake, wanted to write 11 and put 10 or 12. No, it's not a matter of one vote. The preliminary uh, analysis is that we could talk right now about, I don't know, more than 2 million votes. Wow, out of, total, out of a total, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, imagine that the, 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 for instance, the right wing candidate who won like the internal poll with uh, around 3 million votes is really amazing. We are talking about six seats in the Senate that are under discussion. And we see how the European Union and the other international observers published a report saying like the situation here is normal, that there was a transparency election, what we don't say any transparent election around at all. This means, first of all, that the, the, the left, that is so-called left, because, you know, when we talk about Petro, as we mentioned before, 30, people believe that if you talk about social justice or social security or welfare state or to respect the constitution, is to be leftist. Exactly. exactly. Uh, Vladimir Putin, even some candidates say uh, Petro from P from Petro, like P from yeah. Putin. They use this kind of, you know, analogies and we will become Venezuelan. Uh -huh. you know, Petro is a social liberal guy. You can follow the, the doctrine of John Rawls. This is Petro. Petro is not a socialist. Petro is not a communist. Petro is not a this radical leftist that wanted to be presented by the narrative of the right wing. And despite this, we, the people, uh, well, one thing is the, 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 the success of Petro and Francia Marx, first point to be, to take into account. The second uh, point is the level of fraud. We are talking about more than 2 million of votes. The third one is how this fraud was elaborated in a systematically way. Mm -hmm. And uh, the silence of the international community. It, yeah. it happened the same in Bolivia, for instance, or happened the same in, I don't know, in another country. Right now, the, the headlines of the newspaper will be like fraud in X country, but with, uh, as the country is Colombia, one of the most important allies of Biden, well, is not relevant at all. The other point that is really important is that we will have a presidential election in two months. Right. If they have the capacity to implement this level of fraud, they will do the same in the, mm -hmm. in the presidential election for sure. And it put on the table, on the debate, how strong, how serious, how respectful, respectful for the willing of the people is the democracy in Colombia. This is the big point. It's not only a matter of 2 million votes or 100 votes or, or it, this is not the, 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 the issue. The issue before all is how serious is our democracy? Yeah. How serious is our electoral system? How serious uh, is the government to respect the freedom of speech, because finally, election is some way to speech. 
to deliver in the public uh, arena. How uh, respectful is the, the, the Colombian state to take really into account the willing of the people? That's the problem. Now we are suffering uh, armed conflict and it's difficult. I, I, I am in favor of peace. I have been really involved, try to push, you know, the different groups, armed groups in Colombia to give up the weapons and to enter in a dialogue and the negotiation process. But it's really difficult to some extent to say to these groups right now, well, use the electoral space, come to the political space. When you see like uh, the political space is, is, is a joke. And what is going on is uh, the, uh, the capacity of the elites to continue in the power. But let me give you an example. Uh, beside what we can think about Chavez, finally, the traditional uh, Venezuelan parties, Copey and ADECO, they were ready to give up the power and to give the power to, to Chavez. Even the elites, the white elites in uh, Sucre, Bolivia, they finally accepted the electoral triumph of uh, Evo Morales. The, the elites in Brazil, you know how right-wing they are, uh, they accepted the election of Lula. Even in, the, in, in Chile, they respect the election and they recognize uh, Boric as a president. The question is, if you see the history of Colombia in the last 200 years, no one single democratic president has been elected. And something even horrible that I would like to share with, with, the, with the people. In 2000, in, sorry, 1987, we were in the university. Our candidate was uh, the, our professor of law um, Pardo Leal, he was the candidate and he got only 300,000 votes. It's nothing. He was killed. He was killed by the government. Even with by that the... small percentage, that small. But it yeah. was the ideas. They killed, tried to kill the idea. Yeah, exactly. And, three, and two years later, uh, one leader of the central right uh, spectrum called Luis Carlos Galán, he was killed. Mm -hmm. And now it's proven that in the killing of him was involved the police and the secret police and the security bodies of Colombia, the official security bodies. But later, the next year, 1990, after a huge peace process with the FARC in that time, was created a political party called Patriotic Union, Union Patriotica. And his candidate for the presidential election in 1990 was Bernardo Jaramillo. And in March, means in this, in this month that we are talking right now, two months before the election, he was killed. And the other group who negotiated the peace process and gave up the weapon was uh, the leader was Carlos Pizarro Leon Gomez. And he decided to give up the weapons and come to the election and sign an agreement with the government. And in April, means one month after the killing of Bernardo Jaramillo, 
was the killing of Carlos Pizarro Leon Gomez. He was president, candidate, a presidential candidate, as well as Bernardo, as well as Carlos Galán, as well as uh, the law professor that I mentioned before, Pardo Leal. Means the killing of several candidates, presidential candidates, few weeks before an election is not uh, something it's horrible, it's, it's dramatical in the situation. Now, some friends of mine used to say like, Colombia is totally different, that 30 years later, uh, we have a strong democracy. Well, after this fraud, I cannot say that they have a big democracy. After the reappearance of the paramilitary groups, I cannot say like the right wing, the extreme right wing is not alive anymore. But we, we can see in the rural area, the power of them. Once we see this level of killing, displacement, persecution, disappearance of person, I cannot say that the country is different from the past. Then I am afraid, honestly, really afraid, uh, that the right wing or that we call in Colombia the, the black hand, or, that is so racist definition, by the way, uh, will try to kill Gustavo Petro. I'm really afraid of that. I don't uh, can say like we are 100% that they will not happen. I'm afraid that it could happen. The elites are not the Venezuelan elites, are not the Brazilian elites, are not the Bolivian elites, and they want to get the power, to keep the power at any cost. And, and keep their relationship with the United States. Now, yes, they have the support of the USA. And I will give another element for the discussion. As you may know, some um, uh, military uh, Colombar, Colombian troops were involved in the killing of the president of Haiti. Some of my friends say, Victor, please don't be pessimistic. They will not kill uh, Petro because he's there. Will be a huge scandal. And I say, well, what was the scandal after a Colombian uh, member of former members of the army killed a current president in Haiti. Nothing happened. If you can kill someone outside, could you kill someone inside? Yes, you can do it. I think that it will produce an explosion of violence, mm -hmm. uh, national strike maybe, but they, but they will not uh, 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 avoid the elites to keep the power. I hope, my dear, that I am totally wrong. I hope they will uh, not kill Petro. I hope that we will not have another wave of violence in Colombia. I hope they will respect the election. I, they, I hope they will not try uh, to commit a fraud again in the new in, in the election that will be will take place in two months. But uh, I see that the most that who won or who doesn't in the in the past Sunday election the general perspective that should analyze that I, I beg the international community, I beg you as a part of this uh, civil society, uh, this uh, uh, I call like solidarity civil society, solidarity international community, help us to uh, prevent another way of violence in Colombia that the, the elites finally accepted the important to respect the election. As I mentioned uh, one year ago, talking about the national strike, we propose you please push 
to uh, prepare measures uh, against the elites. Something that for me is not relevant, but for the elites is really horrible is to, to lose the visa. You know, if you cannot go to visit uh, Mickey Mouse, this is really horrible for them. Please help us, help with the companies, the USA companies who are, which are working in Colombia to push, to respect the result in the, in the election process. We will jump to the past several decades if finally Petro is killing or they commit a fraud in the way that uh, allowed the, 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 the elites to continue in the power. You know, Victor, um, gosh, I have like 10 things I wanna ask you about now, but one of the, the one thing you, you're aware of this and our audience is aware of this, that I spent a good part of uh, October, 2020 and through January of 2022, observing, um, serving as an international election observer throughout Latin America, and probably five or six um, elections, some legislative, some presidential. And the one thing I would say, particularly with um, Honduras, very similar con you know, comments as yours going into the elections in November in Honduras with Xiomara Castro, and of course her husband having been overthrown in 2009. There were a lot of similar con, you know, comments. You know, will the right wing allow her, you know, to actually go to the polls and vote and have, uh, and then you know, when she did win, will they even allow, you know, for her inauguration to occur? And they did try to, um, you know, finagle some of her power in the national. Um, the Congreso Nacional in Honduras, but one of the things that was really, really clear, and I and I would say this is also a theme from Sunday in Colombia, is this need to build for non-establishment, non-power elite candidates, the need to build a large coalition, a very large coalition so that when they win, they can win by a very large majority that cannot be contested. I mean, because even with 2 million votes being questioned uh, in Colombia and, and uh, Petro, we think won by five plus million votes. For his, you know, that's huge. He's won by such a large percentage that the fraud would have to be so grandiose, which I mean, we know people are capable of that and even bringing in the LAS to, you know, lie and so, but, yeah. but there was a, um, you know, this big coalition that he's created is significant. And we saw the success of coalition building with AMLO in Mexico, with Xiomara Castro in Honduras, uh, in Bolivia, that, and, and, and uh, Petro seems to have that. He seems to have built yeah. a large coalition, but that cuts both ways because you have a lot of different political opinions inside a coalition too. Yeah, but there is two things to be taken into account. The first one is that to some extent, the damage is already done because yeah. the election last Sunday, uh, it was to elect the legislative power. Means the, mm -hmm. if, if it's true that the Pacto Historico uh, won the election in terms of the number of seats in the Senate and the Camera. What is true is that could be uh, better. And what is true is that the, uh, the Pacto has not uh, 
absolute majority then has to negotiate the draft of law every in every time. You know, this is not a, a easy uh, to govern if you have the par part of the parliament against the president. This is one damage that is already done. And second one, uh, you're right. And I, I have heard the different voices, including Francia Marquez and Gustavo Petro and another leaders working uh, to establish agreement with another sector, means a more central sector, let's say, or you know, more progressive or liberal sector in order to uh, make bigger the coalition. Uh, but there is a discussion because it's like, okay, I have to be enough uh, smart to, to make bigger the coalition, but not to negotiate principles. And mm -hmm. this is a big issue. What is the best option? You know, it's like, you know, like to get the balance is not an easy issue. Yeah. This is one. And the other element to be taken into account is remember that four years ago, Petro was a candidate, presidential candidate, and he was uh, shooting in his car in the city of Cúcuta, in the north of the country. Nothing happened because his car was uh, bulletproof. But in general, if they decide to kill Petro, doesn't matter how big is the coalition or how nice is his uh, program or how, uh, you know, Inclusive is his policy. And this is a big issue. Uh, you don't have, um, you know, background of killing of uh, presidential candidates in Brazil, or as long as I remember in Argentina or, you know, but if they decide- In the United States. I see, you know, yeah, exactly. But if you put together, you know, like they are applying different uh, options. They are not uh, playing only the fraud or to break the coalition uh, within the petro sector. No, I see that they are putting all the possibilities on the table and they will play according with the, with the, with the scenario. That's why I see that the political scenario in Colombia during the next two months is so interesting, but also uh, we are worried, we are worried because uh, is not on also, uh, uh, I don't want to exaggerate, but it's not only what happened if the right wing keep the power. What it will be a big issue, and we are really worried about that, is the counter offensive in terms of detention, illegal detention, disappearances, killing of civil uh, leaders and social leaders once they can keep the power. This is part of the discussion, and it's not only my paranoia that you maybe know, but as some friends are uh, that are even thinking in the in the same way, no? It's like what will happen with the with the security of the leaders, of the well, black communities, the indigenous communities, the farmers' communities, once they keep the power for four years more. Well, this is you know, listening to you, you know, if you, in. Petro and Francia building, you know, a very large coalition, a majority coalition, let's say, for so for that to be put down by the power elites, those people currently in the government, that would take an enormous, an enormous level of state repression, more than what's there now, 
more than yeah. what we saw during the, the Paro Nacional last year. Enormous yeah. state repression to, you know, to negate, you know, a majority of the vote of the population. I mean, that would just be, on the other hand, given the geopolitics that we were talking about before we went live, NATO and Russia right now, Colombia is a NATO global partner. The Biden mm -hmm. administration just met with your current president, I shouldn't say your president, went, went with Duque uh, mm -hmm. and you know announced that Colombia is, you know, is a, what's the term, significant non-NATO partner. So here you have your, the current sitting president of Colombia playing, playing a role in NATO now. In Indeed, yeah. But also is part of this discussion is try to, it, we need a devil, no? And we don't want to admit uh, that we are the devil. The devil should be someone else, should be some foreigner. What about yeah. Maduro? What about Venezuela? Yes, all the problems, what the, all the violence in the, in the borders are the responsibility is Maduro himself. All the crisis is uh, Maduro. All the, you know, and it's, it's terrible because it's all this of narrative related to the Castro Chavism. It's like, oh, everything is uh, like, people try to say like the Vladimir Putin is landing. And uh, now some people try to say like Maduro is like the, like the extension, like the hand of Russia in Latin America. Then Colombia is obliged as a partner, non-NATO uh, friend. And a global uh, partner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Has to, uh, uh, you know, act in um, in this accordance with this uh, new title. Then, for me, really relevant. But but what is also on the table is, as you mentioned, well, is if Colombia start to transit for uh, four years of peace process, looking for social justice for negotiation with the different actors, armed actors, illegal armed actors in Colombia, or go deeper in the world. I think that uh, all these optimistic collected during the national strike, all these hope cultivated in the last months, all this hope that appeared in the election despite the fraud, last Sunday will be, will convert into garbage. All these efforts will be really huge for the political history of Colombia. Yeah. And uh, the, then I, I repeat the ex expression that I have used already several times, you know, a new wave of violence can be the, the reality, the daily life of Colombia during at least four years uh, more if the uh, right wing keep the power. What is, um, I mean, it's hard to imagine it could be any more violent and any more repressive than it already is, but you've seen it in your lifetime <laughs> that it can be, and it's, and it's, it's pretty bad now. What uh, is, is Gustavo Petro's, um, Petro's um, position on Colombia as a NATO global partner? What, what, what is his foreign policy vision? Well, Particularly you know, in, oh, let me summarize the Colombian uh, foreign policy so far in one sentence. 
is what Washington says. Yeah. That's it. No, but, but it's true. It's true. Yeah. We no, are really, we don't, we don't have a, a foreign don't policy. Have we don't have border policy. No. We don't have migration policy. It's, it's a shame now. What Petro say and the people around Petro is the need of uh, uh, to see the world as the world is, not to believe that the, the, the center of the world is Washington, well, in our case, Miami, of course, mm -hmm. and uh, we are really important. You know, half of the humanity are living in Asia. Uh, we are not relevant, but we don't want to recognize that. We have to see the possibility of open markets in Asia, in Africa. We can get a lot of exchange of culture, sport, uh, you know, all these kind of uh, human production, scientific production with Europe. We have to understand that the world is something bigger than uh, USA. And, and I think that Petro is a, a man who is playing in this in this way for instance he was visiting madrid he was visiting the vatican he was talking to the pub he was visiting some leaders in the european parliament despite that we know that the europe is not a paradise of course but try to touch another area that doesn't appear in the current map of the international relation of colombia uh, then i think that it will be a, a good thing now, if the re right wing get uh, keep the power, we will continue uh, following what Washington say. But our position related Russia, the the war in Ukraine right now, our situation, our position around the occupation of Palestine, our position about the free trade agreements, everything that you mentioned in the uh, international arena, is exactly what Washington say. Is absolutely, uh, it's, it's a shame, it's a shame as a Colombian not to have a, a, its own uh, political view of the, of the world. You know, this uh, own political view makes me want to say sovereignty. And one of the themes that I saw in the various election results over the past 14 months, there were three things that were really clear. And I would actually, tie this to the national paro last year in Colombia too, was citizens voting for national sovereignty, meaning no US interventionism, economically, politically, militarily, voting for natural resource sovereignty and voting themselves uh, governments that were creating uh, economies for the people and breaking the neoliberal privatization model. Now, that's the whole spectrum of one step to the left, yeah. you know, center, one step left to revolutionary left. There's a whole spectrum yeah. of left yeah, yeah, yeah. governments in Latin America now as a result of last year. But it really, this sovereignty and this desire to um, do business, to trade, with whomever um, a country decides, really, it's a multilateralism. It's multilateralism that people are and their nations are embracing. Yeah, and but also what you mentioned, you mentioned something really interesting about 
how to, you know, the, the level of corruption in the election and the break between uh, your social and political and economical situation, your concrete economical situation, and the vote, your vote doesn't exist a connection. Then people can vote uh, for uh, some pesos. I'm talking seriously. In Colombia, you can buy illegally, I, I know, but publicly uh the the to to get the willing of the people in the in the in the elections today was a, a meeting with some human rights organization and they create um they create a slogan the slogan is choose the rights and uh, <laughs> I, I love it i love it because it's, it's it's exactly what the people need they need to choose the rights you know it's like you are planning to vote okay vote for peace you know, voting for uh, uh, food, vote for your freedom. That's, that's the discussion, you know? And this is necessary to connect. And uh, the people in Colombia really, uh, you know, it's absurd the capacity to create a gap between your political will and your, uh, and your, your uh, election, your, your, de your decision in, in front of the, in front of the, of the ballot box. Uh, I remember once in Chocó, Chocó is a really poor region in the northwest of Colombia, and one small, uh, uh, lovely old lady came to ask a question, an, an international observer, and the question is, how can I vote for two persons at the same time? And the, 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 the international observer says it's, it's not possible. You should choose one of them, only one. Uh, and the old lady said, yeah, I want to vote for this, for A, but they pay me to vote for B. Then how can I do? But this is for me, it's a clear reflect of the mentality, the, the incapacity to, uh, to understand that for a few pesos, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm talking seriously, Ten dollars, ten American dollars. You can uh, buy the 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 decision as a citizen uh, in the election process. It's really painful. Well, that but that that's such a reflection of how bad the economy is for so many people. Correct. That ten dollars. Yeah. I mean, that's not thinking. Oh, I want to increase you know my income weekly, monthly, annually. That's like I need to increase my income right now today. And this $10. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. It reflects the lack of the, 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 the lack of capacity to buy food, but also yeah. reflect the weakness of the democratic system and the lack of confidence in mm -hmm. the democracy as a system, but also the lack of controls by the government mm -hmm. to guarantee the transparency of the election. This small history showed different sides, but also the capacity of some elites to buy your vote. It's not only that you want to sell your vote, it's that someone has enough money to buy. And this is not a small issue, it's a mafia. And once you consider that the electoral result is not, is not coming from the willing of people, but from the capacity to pay, there is no democracy at all. Well, we have that problem in the States too. You know, if you have money, you have access to the system and access to financing candidates and, you know, 
building the system that's beneficial to you as long as you have the money. Yeah, it's not. So Victor, in, in our last few minutes, can you share with um, our audience what, um, what can we do as, as Latin America activists, as progressive and leftist active uh, Latin American activists? What, what can we do? Can we come to Colombia for the elections of May? Can yeah, we... it will be great. It will be great. <laughs> I think that the, the international organization uh, join together and come to Colombia to pressure for transparency is one step. Second one, I know that your, your program is not only watching, but USA citizen, but citizen from everywhere. Please talk to your embassies and say, mm -hmm. sell emails to the embassy of the different countries in Colombia demanding the transparency. And especially the European, there was a commission for the transparency of the election of servers in Colombia, please, they have to show in the report what is going on, really. A third one, I think that it will be great if the, I don't know, the New York Times or the Washington Post comes and reports about this huge fraud, the biggest one in the history of Colombia. Will be incredible if you demand uh, and you, uh, the transparency as well as they do, the international community in another countries will be great if the um, inter-American in system of human rights uh, also make a declaration related to. And uh, will be great also if publicly we open the debate about the democracy. We used to say, I want to, to say bye with this. Well, we used to say that democracy is not only an election. The, democracy means justice. Democracy means the right of minorities beyond election. Uh, democracy means many things. But in Colombia, democracy not even means to respect the elections. This is a big uh, lack of democracy, lack of rule of law in Colombia. That's why we really need you. Please help us. We will. You've given us some good projects. So I thank you so much for making time for this conversation today. And um, I look forward to talking to you in May. And hopefully some of us will see you in Colombia um, in May as well. I want to remind the audience that you have been watching What the F is Going On in Latin America and the Caribbean, Code Pink's weekly YouTube program. We broadcast every Wednesday, 4.30 p.m. Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern um, on Code Pink YouTube. And don't forget to catch Code Pink Radio every Thursday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern, broadcasting simultaneously out of New York City on WBAI and Washington, D.C. on WPFW. Okay, everyone, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you, Victor, for a terrific conversation. Always appreciate your Amazing. time. Thank you so much. Well, it was good. <laughs>